Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hey, how are we? Before we get into it, I just want to remind everyone I have a Patreon. It's called Liz Explains It All. I talk about everything on there. You can find me at patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Find the link in my Instagram bio, feathers underscore pod, and come listen to me talk shit about everything. I last week did an episode on gymnastics. If you are interested in following gymnastics in the Olympics this year, I would suggest listening to it. Uh, it's called Gymnastics for Dummies by a Dummy because I, <laughs> I'm a dummy when it comes to gymnastics. It's just something that I've really gotten into in the last couple years. This week's episode is the Osbournes. Troy and I discuss the Osbournes, you know, so that's fun. Uh, I have like a Mormon mommy blogger episode coming up. Also, a, I've been talking about this forever, but a My Fair Brady episode will be happening. <laughs> Scheduling issues, but come on over to Patreon. Join me there. Listen, there's like 120 episodes worth of content to listen to if you're bored and want to binge. Okay, let's move on from that. Guys, there's actual drama this week. You know, truly, I just want to say thank you to one Kellen Lowry for making such idiotic and reckless decisions in her life <laughs> because she has really served us up a doozy. So as you all remember, uh, Brie and Kale got into it a couple weeks ago, the week that Kale wasn't on the show. Brie basically said she's on the show because she doesn't want to talk about the fact that she got arrested. Then Kale posted that story of Ashley screaming that she was going to beat the shit out of Jay or Jay beat the shit out of Brie or, you know, whatever she said. I, I honestly don't even remember exactly what she said, but she was just screaming that she was like going to beat up Brie. They go back and forth, back and forth. Brie says a lot of shit about Kale including the fact that she was arrested for breaking and entering into Chris's house. Now, Kale wasn't arrested for that, and that is going to come into play in a little bit. I just want to make that clear. Kale was not arrested for that. Kale has acknowledged that. She's like, I've never been arrested for breaking and entering. It's like, okay, way to focus on that one thing when Brie also talks about the fact that you like mollywopped your baby's father. But sure, sure, if you'll remember, this all stems from the incident in which uh, Chris or his mother or somebody at Chris's mother's home cut Lux's hair, not just an, a haircut. It wasn't a haircut. It was a hack job. Somebody just like took scissors to it. It honestly looked like gum got stuck in his hair and they cut out the gum. Like it wasn't even a haircut. And Kale noticed when she got home and then she drove the one hour back to Chris's house and punched him multiple times in the face, according to police report. Kale ended up getting arrested for that, but charges were dropped as far as we know. We really don't know that much about this. There was never a mugshot released. My understanding is that in the state of Delaware, domestic violence arrests fall into family court, I guess. So things are a little different. (laughs) Like there, you know, it's not like, I guess you don't get a mugshot released. And I honestly don't know. That doesn't really make total sense to me. I don't really know how they would handle criminal cases exclusively in family court. That doesn't really make sense to me, but I don't know Delaware law. But that's supposedly part of the reason why we just didn't... um, (laughs) Sorry, princess just... (laughs) 
Princess just sent me a text. I posted a picture of my dad from when I was a child or when he was a child. And my dad and I look exactly alike. And it's really bugging Princess out. It's sending her on a spiral. <laughs> anyway, uh, the charges got dropped. Here's the reality. Most domestic violence charges end up getting dropped. Um, it's pretty rare for a domestic violence case to go to court or like to go through the charges. I've talked extensively about this. Remember, like I am a professional psych, but I do have a criminal justice degree and I volunteered and then did an internship at a uh, victim's advocacy service. And then now, of course, I'm like studying social work, but I do kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to this shit. So usually domestic violence cases end up getting dropped because that's the way domestic violence goes, right? That's why domestic violence is so insidious and hard to break away from because the victim keeps going back usually because of the extreme emotional abuse and oftentimes terror that the abuser does to the victim. So saying the charges were dropped to me doesn't really mean anything. Um, I find it hard to believe this is not a true story, right? Like apparently Chris, his mom and his sister all told the police that they that this happened. Um, is it possible they all lied? Sure. Sure, it's possible that they all lied, I guess. But here's the thing is like we have seen Kale be physically violent on camera. Like we know Kale hits significant others. I know in my heart that Kale would drive all the way to fucking Wilmington from Dover and, like I said, Molly Wop the shit out of Chris. Like, that to me makes sense. It's it's who she is, right? She has a history of domestic violence. We also know that her and Chris have a physically violent relationship. Now, in the past, the accusations have always been against Chris by Kale or sources close to Kale, whatever. But we do know that they fight. Oh, well, and there was that time that Chris kind of alluded to the fact that maybe he hits her on Twitter or whatever. I, that, people will use that as evidence, but I personally don't believe it to be. He just tweeted something like, my mom said she wasn't surprised she watched the show. And then he also posted a picture of he had cut off his dreads and was like holding a huge thing of his hair, like his dreads, like all of them in his hand. So uh, <laughs> like it's a thick thing of dreads that he's holding. He has a cut on his hand. And so somehow this rumor in the Teen Mom fandom like spiraled into the fact that Kale ripped his dreads out, <laughs> which makes zero sense. It's clearly a haircut that he's showing. Having a cut on his finger, like it's a very, it's a weird place that does not look like it's from fighting or anything like that. Uh, him tweeting that his mom knows what she's like, that could be about anything. You know what I mean? And I just, people use that as evidence a lot that Kale ripped a, the dreads out of Chris's hair. And then when you show them that evidence, they go, well, I think he had to cut off his dreads because she ripped some out. And it's like, mm. also like to rip someone's hair out of their head is not easy. <laughs> like, it's actually quite hard, especially if someone has thick hair, which it looked like Chris did with those dreads, like to fully rip someone's real hair from their head. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see that happening. 
but I digress. So that is where we are. And if you'll remember, as I've been saying every week, Kale is like not filming about this. MTV is not putting on this on the show. And it's extremely frustrating because we know that it's happening. This is the worst. The thing about Team Mom is like, I actually love watching the shit go down on social media. Like, I think it's fun. That's the fucking reason I made this podcast, right? Like, literally the whole reason I made this podcast (laughs) is because I love the online drama of it. This podcast was always supposed to be uh, not just about the show, but about the drama that goes down online, both by the Teen Moms themselves and the fandom, a meta commentary, if you will. And I don't mind watching that all go down as long as it then plays out on the show. Now, is it like kind of sucky that we get spoiled for it? Sure. But also like that's the age of reality television in 2021, right? Like there is no spoil free tell like reality TV. I love when someone on like the Bravo subreddit will post about a new episode and someone's like spoiler. It's like there's no such thing as a spoiler. <laughs> you cannot spoil reality TV. It, it does you can't. <laughs> Maybe competition shows, sure. Like I know RuPaul's Drag Race, people get mad about spoilers for that. And I'm sure like Survivor and the challenge and stuff like that. But as far as a show like The Housewives or Team Mom, you can't spoil it. So it feels extra frustrating to watch Kale have such an incredibly lame fucking season. This has been Kale's most boring season to date. Like nothing is happening. We are watching her build a home we're watching Isaac draw. We're watching the same exact, in last week's episode, Isaac didn't want to go to Joe's house. They had that same exact episode last season. Like it was all the same reactions, all of the same reasons, all of the same results, like absolutely nothing had changed about it. So that was frustrating. And It's like we know Kale got fucking arrested for domestic violence. They're not putting that on the show. It's such bullshit. And I guess part of the reason is because Chris isn't on the show. So if Chris isn't on the show, then somebody in Kale's world has to be the one to bring it up. And Javi's not really on the show this season. Uh, Joe and V aren't really on the show this season. And V and Kale are working together on their podcast. Hold that thought. And then everybody else that's on this show is someone in Kale's world. Now, could a producer bring it up? Sure, but I'm sure she would then refuse to film, as she does. And so it's just not existing in the world of Kale on Teen Mom. By the way, there was like a big hubbub this week that V wasn't going to be on their Baby Mama No Drama podcast again. I fucking hate the name of that so much. <laughs> I, I, it, ugh, it, it grates in a way that I can't fully explain. You know, this is so off topic, but quickly, the word chuggy is truly the ugliest word I've ever seen or heard in my entire life. It makes me feel sick. Like, I I don't know what it is about it. It's such a fucking ugly word. Now, is it very helpful as a way to describe things? Yes. Am I already using it, even though I think it's a disgusting word? Yeah, it's really annoying. But that's my, that's my thoughts on (laughs) chuggy. Stupid. Um, so Kale and V, I guess this week people thought V wasn't going to be on the podcast anymore. She had said something about stepping away from it. Kale like said something about having a co-host, like a guest host that was going to be, I don't know what it was, but as of the end of the week, Kale and V are still doing the podcast together. Um, I would imagine the podcast makes them a decent amount of money would be my guess. I think that 
they probably sell a decent amount of merch. They get a decent amount of listens. I would assume that they're making okay money on it, if not better than okay money. Like I said, it's really hard for me to judge because I have a small podcast. And so it's hard for me to judge like what a big podcast actually makes. I don't really quite, <laughs> I don't really quite understand the economics of podcasting four and a half fucking years into podcasting, but I would bet they do pretty well. They have a ton of ads is my understanding. I've absolutely never listened and I hope to never listen. And I guess I think that it's like too much money probably for V to just walk away from considering the amount of work that she has to put into it, probably two hours a week at most. So people were flipping out about that, but that's a sidebar. Okay, so it came out on Friday, Thursday, today's Saturday, I guess Thursday, that Kale had filed a defamation suit against one Brianna De Jesus. Well, her real name is like Santos. Do you guys know that? That Bree's real last name is not De Jesus. Um, I believe that's Roxanne's maiden name. And Brittany and Brie have a different legal last name, but on the show they've always used De Jesus, which I actually think is quite clever. Brie has said before that like fans or anti-fans, whatever, will call into her work and ask her Brianna De Jesus. And that's like how she knows it's not actually somebody calling for her because that's not her real last name. But Brie filed this suit in Florida because that's where not Brie, excuse me. Kale filed the suit in Florida because that's where Brie lives and that's where the offense took place. And it is one of the stupidest things Kale could ever do, in my opinion. I I am truly at a loss for words for why she's doing this. I like I cannot wrap my head around this. I do not understand the rhyme or the reason. First, if you have never been involved with lawyers, I need you to know how fucking expensive litigation is. I mean, lawyers in general are very expensive, very expensive. The first time I, you know, was like working in a firm and like actually saw the bills and how much they were, I was like, holy shit, like that costs so much money. Is How is that possible? But Kale's lawyers, my guess, would be charging between $300 and $500 an hour. Yeah. And I mean, that draft that he filed probably got an hour charge. Um, Every time he talks to Kale, gets a half an hour charge. Like they, the legal bills add up quick, especially if you're planning on going to court. She could be spending tens of thousands of dollars on this. For what? What reason does Kale think that this is a good idea? So that's one. Kale's just like burning money doing this. And why is she burning money? Because she cannot win this lawsuit. She cannot win it. As far as the way that I understand the law and, you know, is not that's not great. I'm not a lawyer. But the thing with defamation is that it is incredibly hard to sue for defamation for a regular person. And then when you're famous, it's like good fucking luck. It's the reason why celebrities aren't suing um, magazines like tabloids every day (laughs) because the bar is so high for public figures. So the thing with defamation is that not only does Kale need to prove that what Brie said was false and not just false knowingly false. That's the important part of this is that you can say something that's not true about somebody as long as there's like a reasonable reason 
to believe that it's true. So I, it so Bree's thing that she Kale's really focusing on Bree saying that Kale was arrested for breaking and entering and she wasn't. However, it's not to me, at least in my opinion, if I was on a jury and I heard this, like this is not going to court, by the way, this will not get there that far. But let's say it did and they had a jury trial, which you can have in civil cases. Many civil cases have juries. The thing with that is like, you know, Bree, I think it's reasonable for Bree to think that Kale was arrested for breaking and entering entering based on the stories that were printed and probably what she heard from production, right? Like Brie hears firsthand, well, secondhand stuff, I guess, from production and she reads all the same shit that we do. So when you read the story that Kale drives from Dover to Wilmington, barges into Chris's house and then punches him repeatedly in the face, as it says in the police report, I believe, to me, it's like not an unreasonable like mistake or assumption that there was a breaking and entering charge, right? Like if she, if this had never happened, like if Brie got on her Instagram live and was like, Kale was arrested for stealing $100,000, like that would be a knowing lie. But what Brie said, at least in my opinion, and I think in most reasonable people's opinions, is not like a knowing an obvious trying to defame someone like, well, I guess she kind of was trying to defame Kale, but it wasn't like so out of left field. And honestly, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, like in the context of everything else that Bree said, like we don't need to focus in on this little thing. Honestly, I don't know anybody that was focusing on that line except for Kale. Like nobody was paying attention to that line. <laughs> Now, do I think that Brie or Kale's frustrated that Brie is like constantly talking shit? Sure. I mean, yeah, I do. But do I think that it makes any sense to sue Brie? No, of course it does not. So I posted this on Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can come find it. But here's what you have to what has to happen for Kale to win a defamation suit in the state of Florida. So Kale is what is called a public figure, as is Brie. Um, different states have different standards for public figures. When I was reading up on this, I read that in the state of Florida, a police officer can be considered a public figure, which makes sense. It doesn't necessarily mean celebrity. Um, I don't think I would like in Florida have public figure status just because I have a podcast. But if I had a certain amount of Instagram followers, I probably would. And in the complaint, Kale's lawyer literally lists how many Instagram followers she has, which is like over 2 million, and that she's on a very like successful television show. So there's no debate that Kale's a public figure, right? Like she's famous. So this is what it says. In Florida, public figures also have to prove actual malice before they can file and win a defamation suit. And requiring this additional proof for public figures, Florida law follows the federal precedent, blah, blah, blah. What does actual malice mean? It mean, This means that they have to provide evidence through either testimony of witnesses or through documents or a combination of both that the defendant knew what he was saying or what he was writing was false when the statements were made, that he knew it was not true or that he had reckless disregard for whether they were true or not. What is a reckless disregard for the truth? It must be shown with evidence that the defendant had serious doubts about how true the statements were and went ahead and made them anyway. 
If the person making the statement knows that they are false and makes them anyway, then it's actionable. They are lying and they know it and what they say or write hurts someone. That's express malice under Florida law. Oh, it is express malice under Florida law. Express malice is defined as ill will, hostility, and evil intention to injure or defame. I was on such a roll I forgot to stop for a break. So we'll be right back after this quick break. Now, could you maybe kind of argue that she was Brie was doing a reckless disregard for the truth and that she like knew it wasn't true, but she said it anyway? I guess maybe. But in my opinion, like if the standard is that somebody has to like know that it is not true or it has to be so ridiculous that they like could never believe it's true. So I'm not sure how they could possibly prove that Bree did not know that she wasn't arrested for breaking and entering. Like, I think that a very reasonable person could be like, well, I read that she entered the house and like she stormed into the house. And I guess I just like got it confused. I knew she was arrested. I knew there was a physical altercation. And I knew that she had driven to his house and barged into the house where they had the fight. To me, that's pretty reasonable. And if then you're going to go for the like, you knew it could not be true angle. Yeah, of course it could be true. Kale was arrested that day. Kale does have a history of domestic violence. Like, I just don't possibly see how they could get her on that. And then even if, even if they were able to prove that Bree spoke with malice or uh, reckless disregard for the truth, and they were able to prove that she was absolutely lying had no, and knew for a fact that she, Kale was not arrested for breaking and entering, if they're just suing for that one little thing, right? I noticed in the complaint they were talking about that one little line, even though how much shit did Bree talk on Kale? <laughs> a lot. The answer is a lot focusing on this teeny tiny little line. So even if they could prove that that is not true, Kale would then have to show damages. What are damages? It means that you have to show a way in which you have monetarily been hurt through that action. So damages are really, really important in civil cases, right? Like there's a lot of things that happen that you could sue someone for, but you don't have any damages. So you couldn't actually collect anything. And so there can't be a lawsuit, right? Like there's a lot of stuff where people will want a medical malpractice suit, uh, but you can't prove damages or things will happen, but like there are no damages. So you can't actually sue. So I don't know how Kale could possibly prove damages, how she could possibly prove damages. What I will say is on the night that they had this fight, she got on her Instagram live and said that she makes more money from her podcast than she does from the show. So right there, right there, she's like bragging how much money she makes. She has not lost any jobs over this. As far as we know, she has not lost any sponsorships as far as we know. And they didn't include any damages in the the complaint. So I don't really know how they would prove either standard for defamation. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. And the uh, so the first reason it's stupid is because Bree didn't defame Kale as defined by law. Second reason it's stupid is that Kale's going to have to spend so much money to 
like have this go forward. Honestly, it's in Kale's best interest that Brie gets a lawyer that files a motion to dismiss and it's dismissed because there's no grounds for it. Like that's in Kale's best interest because that's how she'll spend the smallest amount of money as possible. I don't think this will even see a settlement personally. I think this will get dismissed. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if this even got to settlement. Like, uh, it's definitely not going to court. They would settle before it went to court, 99% likely. But I don't think it's going to go that far. I think that Bree's attorney is going to be able to get this dismissed. Like, I think that right off, they're going to be like, okay, well, she can't claim dam, She can't show damages. So the burden of, like, the standard needed for this defamation suit has not been met. So dismiss the case. And I, I personally think that's what's going to happen. Once again, not a lawyer. I don't know. So that's the second reason. The third reason is this is going to be on the fucking show, right? Like now this is going to be a storyline on the show and Kale's going to look like a fucking idiot. So not only, I mean, I guess like maybe they were filming during the fight and Kale already felt like Brie was going to talk about this on the show, but now Brie's going to talk about this on the show and we're going to learn all about that little rest. And the most the reality is most viewers of the show Teen Mom do not know that Kale was arrested. I actually would say probably a good amount do because only as dum-dums that are still watching this show like deeply care enough to be reading articles about the people on Teen Mom. But in general, like your average at-home TV watcher like doesn't know about this most likely. It took a while for the story to come out. She was never convicted of anything. It went away quickly quickly. It was never mentioned on the show. She never talked about it anywhere. So I don't even think she talked about it on any of her podcasts as far as I'm aware. So most people probably don't even know this happened, but now they will because it's going to be on the fucking television show and it's going to be a big story. And it's just so, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And I did see some comments like Brie deserves it. She talks so much shit. And it's like, I guess like Brie does talk a lot of shit, but Kale engages with it. Kale always engages with it. And all Kale has to do is fucking ignore her and Brie goes away. Brie, like, is desperate for attention in these fights, I think. And once you stop giving it to her, she's going to go away. So it's just, I don't, I really can't understand any of Kale's motivations behind this. It makes no sense to me. Um, I'm assuming she's going to say she's not going to talk about it on the podcast because she's going to be like, it's ongoing litigation. I can't talk about it. My lawyer says I can't talk about it, which like, LOL. But let's read some of this complaint, okay? I just want, oh, hold please. I need to pull this up so I can actually read it. Okay, so first of all, it starts with, Lowry brings this action against defendant the defamation concerning recent untrue statements made by the defendant about Lowry on social media. Defendant, a longtime foe of Lowry, <laughs> asserted that Lowry physically beat Christopher Lopez, the father of Lowry's sons, and broke and broke into and entered in the home of Mr. Lopez's mother. These statements were shared with defendant's social media star- followers, which exceed one million persons. Okay, um, let's initially break that down. So maybe she didn't break and enter into the home, but she hit Chris as far as we know. Here's another thing that I'm not sure anybody explained to Kale, but if this goes forward, there's a process called discovery. And during discovery, especially in a civil litigation, the lawyers do what are this thing that are called depositions, which is basically like a fishing 
operation to get as much information out of the people that are involved or peripherally involved in the lawsuit. And they're really long. They're really tedious. They ask a lot of questions. The judge isn't there. So a lot of questions that get asked wouldn't be able to ask and be able to be asked in court necessarily. Um, So if this went beyond, like if this goes like it's going to go to trial, Bree's lawyers are going to depose everybody in Kale's life. They're going to depose Chris, his mother, his sister, and get them on record saying that they watched Kale hit Chris. Now, would Chris maybe lie under oath to protect Kale? Maybe because they have whatever sick thing that the two of them have going on. Would Chris's mom and sister lie under oath? I don't know. Would Chris, would Kale's nanny that was like involved in this somehow lie under oath? I don't know. Would Joe or Javi lie under oath that Kale's previously hit them? I don't know. That hasn't, like Kale hasn't hit them. I personally, like, I don't, does, did anybody explain this to Kale that like, if this was to go forward, like all it's going to do is drag all of Kaylin's dirty laundry out of the closet because Brie doesn't have to defend herself. Like there are no accusations made against Brie except for the fact that she defamed Kale. So nothing like in Brie's personal life is subject to this lawsuit. Everything in Kale's personal life will be part of this. I for one can like Honestly, I almost hope it gets to discovery because I would love to hear these depositions. Love to hear them. Kale, like, is Kale going to lie under oath? They have her on camera hitting Javi. So is she just going to straight up lie about that? Or what's her plan? You know, what's the plan? Okay, so that's the beginning, which is very funny. Um, This is the way that they describe Kale. Larry is a reality television personality, New York Times bestselling author, entrepreneur, and social media influencer. As of the date of this complaint, she has a complaint she has approximately 4 million followers on Instagram. Lowry is also the co-owner and co-host of two podcasts. It's funny to think of somebody owning a podcast. Coffee Convos podcast and Kale, Kale, with Kale and Lowry and Lindsay Chrisley, as well as Baby Mama No Drama, drama with Kale and Vane. Coffee Convos podcast features discussions about motherhood and family, among other things. Baby Mama's No Dramas concerns the life of Lowry and her co-hosts as women who co-parent with others as they run a business. Defendant is a reality television personality with and social media influencer. As of the date of this complaint, she has approximately 1.1 million followers on Instagram. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. I don't really know like why all of Kale's professions need to be listed in this and like not just list the fact that she has these jobs, but also list like what they're about. I don't really know why descriptions of the podcast had to be included. (laughs) I'm not quite sure about that, but I don't know. Maybe that's common in civil litigation. Okay, and then this is like where they describe. This is the facts, which they... (laughs) So that was paragraph A in the facts, and this is paragraph B in the facts, which they have labeled the bad blood between Lowry and defendant. It's bizarre. 
Okay, so in or around June 2017, it was announced that Defendant would join the cast of Team Mom 2, a reality television show Lowry has starred in since 2010. The party's relationship has been fraught. In an Instagram Live broadcast, Defendant admitted that she told Lowry that the two women were never friends, never have been friends. Defendant has a history of making false statements regarding Lowry's family life. Defendant instructed a fan on Twitter to shut the fuck up because Lowry gets beat the fuck up by Chris in front of her kids. Which, once again, like, that wasn't a good thing to say. Like, because even if that's true, that's not, it's, like, not, like, you, it's not, you don't make fun of someone for that or, like, attack them for it. And if it is true, like, if it's not true, it's, like, shitty to say. And if it is true, it's shittier to say. So, please, I'm not defending Brie here, but it is what it is, right? Okay, so then they bring up. In or around August 2018, while filming a reunion episode for the series, Defendant's sister physically assaulted Lowry in the heat of a verbal disagreement between Lowry and Defendant. Now, you know what's uh, left out of that? When Kale attacked, tried to go after Bray, and security had to stop her. Like, we heard it, right? We heard Kale say, get up, we're going to fight, or whatever she said in that room. So I don't even know, like way to leave that part out the fact that kale like was the one that first escalated it to physical okay so <laughs> defendant's conduct towards lowry including pursuing lowry's former husband in mr lopez what that has to do with anything i don't know did she really also did she really like actually try and get with chris i don't think so but like who cares if she fucked Javi? that's for her Okay, is so egregious that in September 2020, one social media influencer created a video titled, Is Brianna De Jesus Obsessed with Kale Lowry? This video was liked approximately 1,300 times on YouTube. In this video, <laughs> the influencer called the defendant's contact toward Lowry creepy, pathetic, and dusty. <laughs> okay, first of all, <laughs> that's a video by the Grace Report. I went and looked it up because I was like, I bet that's a Grace report because she's kind of the main like teen mom YouTuber. I don't, I actually don't know if there are any other ones. And she does a lot of stuff on Kale. And I was like, let me go look at this video. The video had 47,000 views. So I don't know why you would use the 1300 likes. <laughs> I guess, I guess to prove that I, I honestly don't know. In my opinion, you would use the one that's like it's been viewed almost 50,000 times. That's a significant uh, like number. I could put up a video and get 1,300 likes on <laughs> YouTube. It's not a very high number of likes. And the fact that Grace is fucking cited in this lawsuit is the funniest thing I've ever seen. The fact that they think that it makes any sense to include what Grace said about the defendant being creepy, pathetic, and dusty. I I cannot understand. I had, I guess I can understand like detailing the history, detailing like the the physical stuff that happened between them, detailing like the one-on-one stuff that happened between them. But why Grace's opinion on what the teen like what the teen moms feel about each other, like why that would be included, I have no fucking idea. No idea. Now, if it was like against Kale, if that video was against Kale, I would think maybe that they would include it to kind of prove that um, Brie has been damaging Kale's like image and career. I guess I could understand that. I guess maybe. But 
I I really truly it's like your honor um I don't know if you saw here but the grace report on YouTube called Brie dusty so like I think that settles the case (laughs) I'm sure grace wants to launch herself to the moon on a rocket for being included in this I know I would (laughs) that's it would be like they included me talking shit about Brie like it means nothing it means nothing I cannot understand why they included that it's so funny to me Okay, the post. Lowry was not included in the episode of the series that aired on June 8th, 2021. The reason that Lowry did not appear in this episode has not been made available to the public. On the same night the episode aired to wit, June 8th, 2021, defendant published a series of Instagram stories and comments on her public Instagram account stating that she knew why Lowry was omitted from the episode. And I just want to remind you, like, this all started because somebody had commented on Bree's Instagram, are you the reason that Kale was cut from the show tonight? And she was like, yeah, I was in charge of that, lol. Like, such a clearly obvious joke that, like, such an obvious joke. It could it could absolutely never be a real statement. And then Kale got on Instagram uh, stories and was like, um, certain people feel like they need to comment on my life. So I guess I need to address this, which if you go back and listen to my episode that I did detailing this, it was so stupid. Kale escalated this for no reason. This would not be a fight if Kale didn't escalate this, right? Like why Kale decided that she needed to comment on something that was so fucking obviously a joke makes no sense to me. Now, can I understand that Kale gets frustrated because Brie talks a lot of shit on her? Sure, sure. But like you poke the bear, it's going to poke back. Brie wasn't, this was not a case of Brie talking shit, in my opinion. It was such a clear joke. The person obviously didn't think Kale could get, or Brie could get Kale cut from the show. Brie knows that nobody thinks that she can. And so for Kale to then get on Instagram Live and basically be like, and lie about why she's not going on the show that week and basically be like, I make more money on my podcast. So it was more worth it for me to do the podcast because I didn't want to film about the fake storylines they wanted me to film about. Like that's what set it all off because Kale was like certain people, which set Brie off. Okay. So, um, Throughout the posts and comments, defendant claimed that Lowry had committed violent physical crimes towards Mr. Lopez. Defendant also asserted that Lowry was arrested for breaking and entering to the home of Mr. Lopez's mother. Specifically on Instagram, defendant stated, Kale doesn't want to film about breaking and entering into Chris's mama house and beating him for cutting his child's hair. The post is false. Lowry did not break into and enter the home of Mr. Lowry's, Mr. Lopez's mother, nor did Ms. Lowry beat Mr. Lopez. Defendant then continued to interact with her wide audience of followers in a series of comments and reactions, perpetuating the false allegations contained in the post. I think that's it for, oh no, there's more. There's more. Due to the controversial nature of these allegations, they were uh, subsequently request, repost, oh sorry, I can't speak. Basically, this is just like... (laughs) The U.S. Sun reported on the allegations in a story entitled Not Authentic. Team Mom Brianna DeJesus claims that Kaylin Lowry was cut from new episodes because she refused to film about her arrest. CelebBuzz.com, you know, the the big powerhouse celebrity site, CelebBuzz.com, published a story that said Brianna DeJesus confirms real per confirmed. I'm sorry, I cannot speak. Brianna confirms real reason why Kaylin Lowry was cut from Teen Mom 2. Defendant provided celeb 
Buzz exclusive comment for its story. Upon information and belief, defendant has a business relationship with CelebBuzz.com. Upon further information and belief, defendant and CelebBuzz have a pay-per-click agreement. Defendant is paid each time one of her social media followers clicks on an article posted by CelebBuzz upon information and belief. Defendant makes money off of peddling salacious content concerning Lowry upon information and belief. Defendant did not care that the post was untrue. An Instagram user tagged several of Lowry's sponsors and employers in a different post referencing the defendant's allegations concerning Lowry. On or about June 9th, the defendant went back to the drama, defendant's own word, and continued to per, per, continue to say the untrue statements contained in the post during an Instagram live broadcast. Okay, simply tagging somebody's like sponsors doesn't mean anything. She didn't actually lose any sponsors. Okay. At this time, the live stream had as many as 10,300 live views. It has since been saved and reposted on other Instagram accounts. On the Instagram live broadcast, defendant claimed that she knows the real story. She knows what happened concerning why Lowry was not included in the June 8th episode of the series. Defendant asserted that Lowry was admitted for the episode because she didn't want to film about the issues that goes on with her and Chris trying to clean up her bad girl act. Defendant then added that Kale did not want to film about the situation with the domestic violence, about her getting arrested, about her breaking and entering into Chris's mom's house. She didn't want to film about her hitting Chris because Chris cut her son's hair. Defendant then claimed that she was just stating facts, so that's what happened. In making the post and repeating the untrue statements, defendant recklessly, recker, recklessly disregarded the truth. So that's the legal term that they're using there. Even after Lowry publicly denied defendant's allegations, defendant continued to reassert and republish the false information found in the post. Today, defendant has not recanted the alleged facts that she published in the post. Um, okay, so <laughs> Ooh, there's so many things to comment on in this. Once again, as I said, like, where are the damages? I still do not I don't see the damages. I people tag Kale sponsors, they've been tagging Kale sponsors. Second of all, I don't know how they can sit here and say that Brie knew this was a false statement when there is a police report backing this up. Also, and now that I'm reading this, I'm realizing she didn't actually said arrested for breaking and entering. She said that she got arrested about, she said she got arrested and then she also broke and entered into Chris's mother's house. So she's not actually saying that Kale got arrested for that. So once again, where is the reckless disregard for the truth? I cannot wait to read the counterclaim. I don't know. The response, I guess, is what it would be called from the defendants where they detail everything that we all know to be true. Like, Kale's gaslighting us with this. So I have seen some people say that because Kale was not actually convicted of domestic violence, she has the upper hand about this. No, 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 no. This is not about what actually 100% happened. Everybody needs to keep that in mind. Nobody has to prove that Kale was convicted of domestic violence. That's not what Brie accused her of. She accused her of being arrested for domestic violence, which is what happened because there is a police report that was covered in public articles, including shit on the sun. Like, <laughs> that that's what drives me up a wall. Like, I keep seeing people be like, well, you know, she wasn't like actually convicted. So, Brie is lying. No, 
Also, Brie doesn't have to prove that she's telling the truth because she's like the defendant here and Kale is the public figure. Well, Brie's a public figure as well, but Brie, Kale's the one that has to like meet such a high threshold in order for her suit to be able to go through that she has to prove that Brie knowingly lied. I've also seen some other things that police reports can't be admitted into evidence because they're hearsay, which is true sometimes. I would argue that the police report does not need to be admitted into evidence because it's not about the actual police report and what happened. It's about the police report being published on other sites because it's not like Bree went to the fucking police station and asked for a copy of the complaint. Like, that's not what happened. Bree simply was repeating the details of the police report, which were included in multiple articles. There, everything that Bree said is reasonable for a person to believe. And even if she didn't believe it, they would have to prove that she knew it was false. And I don't know how you can prove that somebody knew they were speaking falsely when it's a fucking true statement. Also, (laughs) the ultimate defense to defamation is the truth. You cannot defame someone if you are speaking truthfully. So I don't really know how they can sit there and say that Brie is defaming Kale when she's telling the fucking truth, right? Like, we know that Kale did that. Kale fucking did that. Kale did that. So all Brie has to do is get fucking Crystal on the stand and say that it happened and she's telling the fucking truth. Say that Kale came in without their permission and Kale hit him. That There you go. That's the truth. No defamation suit. <laughs> And even if they couldn't um, put the police report into evidence, they would just uh, depose the police officers that were involved. They would depose Chris's mother. They would depose Chris. They would depose Chris's sister, who was also when they would depose everybody, anybody that saw it. And they would all under oath have to talk about the fact that Kale hit Chris and then she got arrested. Like <laughs> This is a factual thing that happened. <laughs> Oh, God, it's just it's so stupid. It's so stupid that Kale also total Barbara Streisand effect. I saw somebody comment that on my Instagram. I could not agree more with that. If you don't know what the Barbara Streisand effect is, it's basically Barbara Streisand, I believe, wanted her a picture of her home taken off the Internet. And so she like went to all this trouble suing the publications, blah, blah, blah. And really all it did is made more people look at the picture of Barbara's home. So the Barbara Streisand effect is when a celebrity like starts bringing more attention to a story that they are supposedly trying to bury. So the reality is, is like I said, not that many people knew about Kale's arrest, but now Kale has opened the world into all of us talking about it. Kale's the one that is putting this in the media. Kale's the one that's going to have this on the show. I... (laughs) By the way, I'm so glad I've been talking about this for a while because I actually don't want to talk about this week's episode, really. And so I don't really know what I'm going to talk about in this week's episode. I'm going to look at my notes to see if there's anything worth mentioning because I don't think there was. But yeah, it's just so stupid. Kale's totally bringing more attention to this. Now Kale's going to have to talk about this. Like, Kale, you were arrested for domestic violence. You entered into Chris's home without permission. And even, like I said, even if she didn't enter into Chris's home without permission, like, it's such a reasonable thing to say, considering the press that's surrounding this and considering what Brie may have heard from producers. I, it's just, it's so silly. Like I said, 
no damages have been shown. I think that Brie has such a slam dunk case for this. Um, like I said, I saw some people be like, well, Brie deserves this because she's always talking shit. And that I would say, no, she doesn't because she's telling the fucking truth. And you can't sue someone for def- – well, you can. You can sue someone for anything. But it's not defamation if it's the truth. So Kale's the only one that's really getting hurt here. Now, is Brie getting hurt? Sure, Brie's going to have to pay for lawyers – I kind of think Brie might be able to get her lawyer's fee paid for by Kale. Because if you file a frivolous suit against a person, that person can then sue you for attorney's fees. Um, And they get granted quite often. The loser has to pay for the other side's attorney's fees pretty regularly. It's something that's written into like arbitration contracts. Um, I do contracts at work and like all the arbitration clauses say that like the losing team has to pay for the other's reasonable attorney fees. Like I think that Kale or Bree may be able to get Kale to pay for her attorney's fees too because it's pretty obvious that this is a frivolous suit. She hasn't proven damages and Kale knows it's the truth. She was the one that got arrested. (laughs) I'm very curious as to what her lawyers know. Now, as a lawyer, you represent your client to the best of your ability. Um, I kind of wonder how, I don't know, because you're not, if you're a lawyer, you're like not allowed to put a client on the stand knowing that they are going to lie, like outright knowing they're going to lie. Now, does that happen all the time? I'm sure. But it's the reason why like in TV defense attorneys are always like, don't tell me, don't tell me. I don't want to know because if they know what the person actually did, they can't possibly put them on the stand with a possible alternative uh, theory of the crime. So I don't really know how Kale's attorneys are going to like depose her because if this goes to discovery, they'll also their side will depose Brie, I guess, and they'll also depose Kale. Kale will have to testify in this, and they're going to have to ask her, did you get arrested for domestic violence? (laughs) And she's going to have to say yes. (laughs) Oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Kale, you're a fucking idiot. You are a fucking idiot. Why is Kale doing this? I don't have an answer. She's spiraling emotionally, I guess, maybe. Maybe she's like having some issues and she doesn't know what else to do. And so she's like taking it out on Brie. I have no fucking idea why Kale's going through this with this. I don't know. Well, it's clear that nobody in Kale's life will ever stand up to her because any like if Kale came to me with this, I'd be like, no, no, you shouldn't do that. Everybody's then going to talk about your arrest and it's going to cost a lot of money. Is this worth the money? No, it can't be worth the money. Also, I wonder if now MTV is going to change contracts because famously Bravo supposedly has contract like clauses in their contracts that say that the party like the cast members can't sue one another after Adrian tried to sue Brandy Glanville, I think is when they were written into the contracts. Bravo doesn't want cast members suing one another. And I guess MTV doesn't have that in their contracts, but I'm assuming they will be in their new contracts. Um, do you, I kind of am wondering, is Kale going to refuse to film the show if Bree is still on the show? I think she might. Uh, Kale's building a house, so I truly do not think Kale can afford to leave this show. I think Kale has a lot of money and a lot of opportunities to make money and does make a lot of money, but she can't give up her hundreds and thousands of dollars a year from Teen Mom if she is building this house. 
I don't see that. I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid, Brie. I, <laughs> I hope Brie is sitting pretty. By the way, uh, Brittany got on Twitter and was like, "Kale has dry pussy energy." Energy, which I found to be very funny. <laughs> it's such a funny insult. <laughs> oh God, I like. I really cannot wait to read the response from Brie's attorney. I think, like I said, I think they're going to ask for this case to be dismissed outright. Like I, I don't see, I don't see in the complaint unless I miss it where they even prove damages. Um, I see what they're trying to do regarding reckless disregard for the truth, but I personally don't see damages. Um, so that's it for me, Liz Bentley Esquire. <laughs> I'm sure attorneys are listening to this and like. They're like, you're a fucking idiot and you have no idea what you're talking about. And to that I say, yeah, I'm sure that's right. I'm sure I got things wrong during this. Oh, God, Kale. I <laughs> I cannot wait for this to be on the show. Thank you, Brie. Well, actually, thank you, Kale. But you know Brie's going to fucking talk about this all of the time on the show. Kale might refuse to, but Brie won't. Please. Brie will put anything on there. Well, that's not true, but she'll put this on there. So speaking of that, the Ashley had a story yesterday that says exclusive well-known Teen Mom 2 producers fired after show rankings sink to new low. Network feels producers have allowed the girls to call the shots. Look, here's the thing right off the bat. To me, this kind of reads like fan fiction, right? Like, that's like everything that everybody online happens to be saying. And then like the Ashley happens to have a story confirming exactly that, that the girls are allowed to call the shots, which is what makes the show bad. I'm not sure. I think the girls have been calling the shots for quite a long time. So, <laughs> but here's what she says. The network is putting the blame on the poor, for the poor ratings on the production company. The network feels that the producers have allowed the girls to call the shots on what they want to film and what they don't, and the result is an incredibly boring and inauthentic show. Fans watch all the drama go down on social media, but most of the real stuff never makes it to air. The network is really hammering down on how filming is done in the level of access, the source said. Just FYI, by access, the source means what the stars of the show allow the cameras to film and to show cover. The producers have been told that they are failing to get the full story from the girls and not pushing to capture what is actually going on in the lives of the girls, the source said. They feel like the producers have allowed the girls to walk all over them. If the girls don't want to cover something on the show, the producers don't press them at all to film it. The network wants the girls to put their lives, their life events on the show, not just the things that make them look good. Okay, so apparently Kristen was fired. You all remember Kristen. Famously, she was Janelle's producer. A lot of people fans don't like Kristen because she's incredibly good at her job, which is uncomfortable to watch on television. People did not, did not like watching her, like talking shit on, um, on J Barb with Janelle and then going over to Barb and talking shit on Janelle. People found it like two-faced or whatever. That's called being a fucking producer. I think Kristen gave everyone a very like where the sausage is made feeling how the sausage is made that made them uncomfortable but I mean what does this mean for the show I don't fucking know I mean I for five years I've been expecting this show to get canceled every season and yet here we are baby so I I don't know people are like well what does this mean it's like I I don't know <laughs> I don't know what it means I have no answer for you I guess God will tell us eventually <laughs> 
All right, let me just like quickly go through if I want to talk about things that happened this week. As for Leah, they're still talking about the lump. Oh, I did want to say last week's episode, they find out from Dr. Sal that uh, Allie most likely will be able to live into her 70s uh, as long as she gets like no heart and lung issues. And that's really fucking amazing and beautiful. I did think it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, I don't know. This is like so unfamiliar territory to me. Basically, they have Allie sitting there as they're on Zoom with Dr. Sal. And Leah's like, isn't that great? Aren't you so happy, Allie? And Allie's young, but she's not young. I I don't know. I, I'm curious to hear that if you have experience with children with terminal illnesses, how you talk to them about that, especially if it's a terminal illness that's not like cancer, like it's not immediate. It was always kind of believed that Allie would at least live into her 20s or 30s, which is so young. Please don't get me wrong. But I'm wondering like, I don't know. I'm curious if that it felt weird as a viewer to watch that. First of all, to have that on camera is kind of like it's an incredibly important, but at some ways I feel like should also be private conversation. Does an 11 or 12 year old have the capacity to really understand it that way? I'm not sure. I'd be really curious if anybody has experience with that to hear from them because like I said, like it made me feel uncomfortable, but I don't know if that's just because it's such a sad, uncomfortable topic to think about a child's life expectancy or if it's because something is weird in the way that Leah is doing that. But this week she's talking about that lump again. She doesn't want to get it removed because she doesn't want to have a scar on her boob because she's still single. She said, if I was married, it would be different. <laughs> Look, I understand people not wanting to get surgery if it's not necessary, especially with Leah's opioid addiction history. Totally makes sense to me. I also like totally get vanity. (laughs) I understand vanity and feeling attached to your looks, especially if you don't feel confident in your single and or relationship status. I I don't know if that's the best reason not to do it. But I guess it was honest, right? Like, I think a lot of people feel that way. Leah's been seemingly pretty honest lately, which is something I appreciate. So in Kale's world, they are worried about, she's worried about Isaac not liking to be over at Joe's house because apparently Joe makes him do extra homework, like if he's being bad. I'm curious as to the parenting style differences between Kale and Joe. I never really assumed that Kale was a particularly fun parent. Um, I don't mean that. I actually think that, as I've said many times, emotionally Kale's probably not a good parent and she's causing real harm. But like as far as the physical needs uh, of the children, she seems to be quite good at it. So I've always assumed that she was not strict, but not crazy. Like you can't do whatever the fuck you want here. Um I wonder, though, if maybe the kids get unlimited screen time and that's why uh, Isaac prefers to be at her house, because I would have preferred to be at a parent's house with unlimited screen time versus a parent that doesn't let me have unlimited screen time. I remember I had a friend growing up who had a week on week off arrangement with her parents, which was very unheard of at the time, actually. 
and her dad was so strict and he would like turn off the Wi-Fi at 9 p.m. Like she had um like three step siblings that lived there too. And it was just like nuts. And then at her mom, she was kind of like allowed to do whatever she wanted. Not whatever she wanted, but she it was like more casual. It was more lax. Her mom wasn't strict. She wasn't like you can do whatever you want. She just wasn't particularly strict. And I remember always feeling really bad for her that she had to like deal with such a dichotomy in parenting style and lifestyle each week. To me, that seems like a lot to take on for a child. Um, I think that parenting styles being compatible is incredibly important, incredibly important. I think obviously once you are living in different homes, it can be very hard to keep consistency. Um, and each parent does get to do what they want to do. But when you're on a week on week off schedule where you both like have where this child is spending 50% of his time at each house, I feel like the rules and regulations should be similar at both homes. Now, is that like such a pie in the sky dream for most divorced families? Probably because it's just, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to do that. And you have to just like be philosophically on the same page parenting wise to do that. Also like Joe only has one other kid there Kale has all of these kids. I'm sure it's easier for Kale to throw them in front of the TV when she doesn't feel like dealing with it. Um, they mentioned something about how he's only allowed to play an hour fortnight, and I wasn't sure if that meant an hour at Joe's or an hour at Kale's, um, or he's allowed to play unlimited at Kale's. That's what I'm curious about. I it just I don't know, or maybe he just likes being with his brothers at home. He has three brothers. I mean, really plays with two of them. Um, he only has one sister at Joe's. Maybe he just likes Kale better right now for whatever reason because he's a kid. I'm, I really am wondering. I would like to hear from Joe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they talk about it on their fucking podcast. So let me know. <laughs> I would like to hear from Joe, though, like what Kale, like what his parenting style is like versus what Kale's parenting style is like. I, maybe, like I said, if she talks about this on her podcast, please let me know. But it just surprises me to think that Kale's the one that like is loosey goosey. They're also they have uh, Lincoln on two football teams, and they have him with like a private coach for training, which seems a lot to me. A lot. Lincoln is seven, eight. Lincoln's young. Lincoln is really young. I was kind of shocked to see this. First of all, no child should be playing football, realistically. Look, I get it. I love football. I watch NFL. I'm part of the problem. I personally do not think I would ever let a child play football. It's just physically so harmful. I was talking with a friend, Erin, about this, and she said her son really wanted to play and she thinks it would be great for him, but she just doesn't know what to do because the long-term damages in football are so real and becoming more known. And that's a really hard like thing to say okay to once you know about it. Um, yes, concussions happen in other sports, absolutely. But in football, it's like a whole different level. I personally can't imagine letting my kid play, but also I think it's easier said than done. When your kid wants to play a sport, it's hard to say no, I'm sure. Um, but link an eight-year-old being on two, first of all, are there serious eight-year-old football teams? Like, isn't he just playing Pop Warner? Like, 
my understanding of football is that it's not really a sport that gets serious until like the end of middle school and then in high school. You play Pop Warner as a kid or whatever little league equivalent. There's not really travel football. Then you play on the middle school team and then you play on the high school team, which is when it like starts to get serious. I think for a big reason is just the way that football players like their physical bodies need to be they benefit from being older obviously um so the more serious play happens when they're older as opposed to a sport like soccer or baseball where like they're very competitive quite young and have a lot of traveling quite young i don't i never knew anybody that was like getting private football lessons soccer maybe sure and i knew kids that were like on travel teams for a bunch of sports and it was like their whole life and it was everything I it's how I feel about Bentley I think he's just like in so many activities and he seems happy so like whatever I just why does an eight-year-old need to be on two football teams also like wasn't this filmed in the winter so it's like in the spring is he on two football teams I don't know it seems a little too serious Kale's like well I don't want him to get burnt out I feel like you shouldn't have to like talk about an eight-year-old getting burnt out of something. <laughs> if that's a concern, I think that you're doing too much. <laughs> oh gosh, um, Bree and Brittany got surgery, and doctor they went back to Doctor Miami again, uh, which is I'm not sure why they did that. I'm I don't I don't I don't know. Brittany's ass is really lopsided. She said so. She wanted to get that fixed. Here's the thing, guys. When you get lipo and when you get Brazilian butt lifts, um, when you gain the weight back, it usually does not distribute evenly. A Brazilian butt lift is a surgery that requires oftentimes multiple surgeries. Now, is that always? I'm sure it's not. Um, and I'm sure there are people that get it done and then they like get really into the gym and maintaining their fitness and it's great for them forever. Um, but the reality is, is when you suck fat out of your body and redistribute it, your body absorbs it in different ways. And when you add more weight back on, your body absorbs it in different ways. And so your ass starts to look insane. <laughs> it's just what happens. Um, I And I don't know like if they can really reverse the BBL because like your skin is stretched out. I don't know. It's a bad idea. Don't do it unless you're like really sure that you want to do it and you're really committed to keeping up with fitness after you do it and you have access to like a good doctor to go back to. I mean, at least Brittany and Brie can just like continuously go see Dr. Miami whenever they want, apparently. <laughs> Brie also got her boobs bigger because her like skin and her boobs is stretched and the only way to fix that is to get bigger boobs. I don't fucking know. I do not know. And I love their like, are serious? These aren't serious surgeries. Like, we'll be fine. Jade had it like all over, but like ours are like easy breezy. I'm like, you're getting a boob job, Brie. Like, that's serious. <laughs> Nobody talks about the fact that plastic surgery, oftentimes you have to do them multiple times. Like how breast implants, I don't know if it's changed, but my understanding is they last like 10 to 15 years and then you have to get them redone. Like, the, it's a commitment. Brie also said something sad where she's like, I'm still just really self-conscious. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to change. Ugh, makes me sad. Like, I don't care that Brie is getting cosmetic surgery. Who fucking cares? But this is not going to be the answer to her, to her insecurities. I, I do think that there are cases where you can get cosmetic surgery and it genuinely fixes an insecurity. 
let's say a nose job or like a chin implant or even a boob job if like your one insecurity is your boobs. Like I do think that there are surgeries that are done that like significantly increase a person's quality of life. But I think that happens only when that person already has good self-esteem except for this one thing. And they don't have body dysmorphia. They just have a weak chin or a big ass nose, right? Like, so they get like a, a cute little nose and they never even think about the nose job again and they're happy and they go on with their life. It's not like they're filled with self-confidence at every turn, but they're not like obsessive about getting more surgery because they just wanted the one thing to be fixed. It's fixed and they feel better. Like I really do believe that to be true for a lot of people, but I think when you get to the like realm that Brie is doing or Kale or Jade where you're getting the 360 lipo or whatever it's called, a tummy tuck, a boob job, an ass lift, like you're doing that all and you're willing to do it all at once. I personally think that that speaks to, um, <laughs> hey guys, I have, a, I have a really radical thought that somebody who gets a 360 lipo and Brazilian butt lift and a tummy tuck and a boob job, I think they might have confidence issues and self-esteem issues. <laughs> And they're just not going to go away because the reality is major self-esteem issues aren't fixed by looking different. (sighs) Major self-esteem issues, like I said. Um, I think that if you are desperate enough to undergo such a serious surgery, you you also need to be like in therapy, working on it, doing things that give you self-esteem. And a therapist once told me the only way to build com- or to build a self-esteem is to do esteemable acts, which I found really helpful. And I think about that all the time. But I think like if you have a body dysmorphic disorder, like then repeated surgery is not going to help that or fix it. You're just going to find the next thing. And that's basically what Brie is doing, right? And also Brie doesn't like eat healthy and she doesn't go to the gym as far as we can tell. So she just gains it all back and then she feels like shit again. Um, It's just, I don't know. It's sad. It's sad that nobody in Bree's life is like, how about you see a therapist instead of Dr. Miami? Like I said, I really, I really do believe that some people greatly benefit from a plastic surgery. And I'm not saying like all all people that get plastic surgery have crippling self-esteem issues and surgery will not fix that. Because I I really don't believe that. I don't. But I do think that like if you have gotten three like full body makeovers, like something's amiss. (laughs) Okay, Jade. Yo, why are Jade and Sean such bad parents? I know why they are. They don't have anybody modeling parenting for them, but they're bad parents and it really is tough to watch. I mean, look, it could be the editing, blah, 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 blah. But watching them just like scream at Chloe for doing normal child things stresses me the fuck out. And then they start screaming at each other. I didn't like that this week Jade pulled a classic like abuser thing where Chloe was like stop yelling at me I didn't realize she could talk so much by the way (laughs) I feel like suddenly Chloe can speak in full sentences and I totally missed that but she's like stop yelling at me and Jade screams back I'm not yelling at you my dad used to do that it's uh very invalidating (laughs) and I would say uh maybe gaslighting because then you start to feel crazy because it's like you are what do you mean why are you saying you're not like I hear you I know what yelling sounds like you're yelling (laughs) 
it's also very unhealthy and it doesn't create a good understanding of like expressing emotions when somebody's flipping out on you and yet insisting that that's not what they're doing. It's not modeling healthy emotions and behavior, right? I don't know. Jade and Sean, like Sean flipping out that Jade basically was like, yo, stop screaming. This isn't working. Like, let's walk away. And then Sean's like, you made me look like a bitch on camera. You make me look like I'm a bad dad. You can tell Jade's like, what? (laughs) She was genuinely confused by that response. And I do not blame her. I felt the same way. It seemed like Jade had a moment of clarity where she was like, let's stop screaming at this three-year-old because it's not actually fixing anything. And let's like walk away and figure this out. And then Sean takes that as you're calling me a bad parent. Sean is... it, it Watching Jade and Sean just go up and down and up and down and up and down is really boring and hard. Tar- well, it's not boring, but it's tough. Okay, Ashley, is that the last of our gals? Yeah, I guess it is. Ashley had an interesting storyline this week that I thought was good, and I was glad MTV showed it to us. They showed that Ashley and Barr have been getting like an insane amount of racial abuse thrown at them on social media, especially because they've started talking about Black Lives Matter. And Ashley talks about what it's like to be the only uh, black woman on a predominantly white show. I I like it was interesting. There's a really interesting scene where Ashley and Barr are talking to T and Ted and Ashley is like, I didn't know really about racism because we grew up wealthy. And so I was like hidden from it. And like, I didn't know people could be this way. And T says some really interesting stuff. And she's like, because Ashley says like we were protected from it. And T goes, no, we weren't. You were because we protected you from it. And Ashley's like, no, 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 that's not true. And T's like, yes, it is. Because there were times where I was called a slur and I didn't tell you about that because I didn't want my child to think about that. I It was a good conversation. It was really enlightening, I think. It was honest. It was interesting to watch a parent and child discuss something so serious and like how their perceptions of well not perceptions but how it's interesting to hear a child talk about their perceptions of their childhood and their parent not invalidating them but informing them that actually like you didn't really see what happened because I protected you from it and this is the actual truth and I I just I thought that was super interesting um You know, they also talk about the fact that Holly is part white and they want her to embrace all of her sides, which is, I mean, it's good. I think it's good that they're talking about this on MTV. They get a lot of shit. She says something like, you know, they're fine with us being black until we actually like really want to be black and talk about Black Lives Matter. And I think that's really true. It was it was good for MTV to put on the show. I think it's especially like for Ashley and Barr, it's like very fair of MTV to let them talk about the bullshit that they have to deal with being black reality television stars, especially in a predominantly white audience. Most of Teen Mom is because it was always all white girls. It's a mostly all white audience. And I think that the women of color and then especially the black women that have come on have gotten a lot of hate because of it. And Ashley has talked about this on social media. Bars talked about this on social media, how hard it is. And so I think it's fair that they got a chance to like 
express it on TV and talk about it on TV and bring it to light on television. So, yeah, that's it. You know, Ashley's still unsure about how exactly they're going to talk to Holly about it. But, man, I, I feel for them. I feel for them. They're really facing a lot of bullshit. But I think that's it for this week. I am going to go to the pool. Guys, I did spin class this morning. Now that I'm in like a post-vaxxed life and school is out, I'm trying to get back into working out again. (laughs) Tough. And my yoga studio has terrible class times. So bad. So I'm trying to get into spin because there's like a spin class at every hour on the dot, like at eight different places near me. And it was fucking hard. (laughs) And I don't know if I liked it that much, but it was a good workout. I feel like I got a good workout. So I guess I'm about to become a spinhead, by the way, when the girl was like, you didn't fucking come in here to half-ass it? Spin! Like, the motivational stuff was so cheesy. I much prefer a hot yoga. Like, you're doing amazing. Everybody push yourself. It's so funny. I'm a person that responds to positive reinforcement that's set in a nice tone. Like, I like praise. I don't like somebody being like you can do it. Work harder. You can do it. Work harder. I like someone being like, you're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) And that is absolutely the difference between this spin studio and my hot yoga studio. Also, I, the music was not great. It was like electronic music and I prefer like top 40 type of pop and rap hits. Like that's what I want to hear. So yeah, there's that. Nobody cares about this, but I just wanted to share it with you that now I'm a spinner. I'm a spinner girl. Um, it's like an off-brand soul cycle that I'm going to. <laughs> like they have, as far as I can tell, they've just completely jacked the business model of soul cycle and are doing it themselves. <laughs> Although I did really like being in the pitch dark. At one point, every single light in there was turned off and I do like that. I like a I like the dark room. Um, so yeah, that's it. If you spin, cool. Let me know if I should no. <laughs> I'm gonna try and keep doing it. Anyway. Bye, guys. I hope everybody has a nice week. I hope that next week when I talk to you, there's more Brie and Kale shit. Okay. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.